Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. How's it going? Thanks for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. It's time for an incredibly long overdue episode. <laughs> this is another example of, I just can't believe we haven't done this already, because our podcast celebrates the very best in video game music, and in doing so, we find ourselves oftentimes face-to-face with nostalgic 80s and 90s culture. And when I think of nostalgic 80s and 90s culture, I immediately think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a staple of the late 80s, early 90s. I remember growing up with these characters in the series, whether it was the cartoon on Saturday mornings that I used to watch or the wonderful movies uh, that was were just staples in our house. Yeah. You know, Marty's action figures that I kind of inherited um, and the video games. I remember going to the arcade. I vividly remember one of the first arcade games I ever played was Turtles in Time at the arcade. I wasn't good at it, but it was just fun to see and to hear all the excitement. And yeah, what a, what a classic series. A lot of really rocking and fun video game music. Definitely very beloved. I know that this is some people's favorite video games, favorite video game music. So we, you know, this is a huge series to cover. Well, and what's going to be fun about today's episode is I really think it will be a nostalgic look back because when I think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in games, uh, you can't ignore the arcade era and how Mm -hmm. different of a time it was. Um, And I think it's easy to look back with sort of romantic nostalgia goggles when thinking about that era but I mean I think I don't know the the name TMNT is just synonymous with that era of arcade games and that's what's Mm -hmm. going to be so fun today is it really is like sort of jumping into a time machine and so much of this music today is right in lockstep with that idea musically you know this kind of overblown fun pop rock 80s yeah. sound uh, which is what everybody knew and loved from the cartoon show I mean that main theme is I think one of the great television themes of all time and what I love about the theme the Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles it's it's a piece of music that's purely good because of the music because the, the only lyrics in the song are the <laughs> name of the show kind of lacking yeah carl don't you think that's such a huge part of like why the name it's such a weird thing teenage mutant ninja turtles but that theme song kind of legitimizes you hear that name yeah you hear that music and it just makes you smile so you know from a distance when i would think back to the series every once in a while I just had these thoughts of, oh, that's just classic old school video game music. But when you actually put a playlist together and and really dive into this whole series, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sound is actually quite unique. It is something that only happens in video games, but it's this particular blend of high energy, high tempo rock with a lot of shredding riffs and a lot of sense of spontaneity and like performance energy. But it's not metal. The thing is, is it's like rock meets pop and like almost like show tunes in a way it's just this really interesting combination of of genres for for example the track we played in with was from the hyperstone heist which Mm -hmm. was the almost the sega genesis equivalent of turtles Turtles in time Time. for the most part yeah and it yeah it utilizes a lot of the same music but the track we played in with is called turtle swing and it kind of interpolates the main you know the tv show main theme but in this kind of jazzy fun 
fun, you know, swing tempo rock way. Well, it's, really it's a awesome. classic arrangement, and we actually are going to revisit this same arrangement um, in the SNES version of Turtles in Time. So we're going to go back to this later. We just thought it was a great play-in, again, hearkening to that original theme. So I can't wait. Let's just dive in, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Like we said, that was Turtle Swing from uh, the Hyperstone Heist for the Genesis. That game was worked on by Masahiro Ikariko using music that others composed for the most part. Let's start from where everything began when it comes to video games. This is the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game. This came out in 1989, and it was solely composed by Jun Funahashi. Uh, Let's take a listen to the title screen, which when I think of the series, this is such a great way to start everything off. This is the title screen from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. rocker this lets you know the the sound that you're going to get today this is the title screen from tmnt for the nes konami game composed by jun funahashi a classic konami composer did other great titles such as bayou billy uh castlevania 3 he's one of the composers who worked on that um did a lot of other great stuff as well uh yeah so he's kind of starting everything off here i wonder how many people had the same parallel thinking of Okay, if we're going to score the Ninja Turtles series, it really needs to be fun, high energy, and it just has to rock. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this perfectly encapsulates, I think, my feelings about the Ninja Turtles themselves, the characters, that kind of 80s pop culture that they're so seeped in. Um, and just the, the the design, the name, everything about it. And what I think is so brilliant about this track, uh, first of all, how it's implemented on the NES. I mean, this still holds up. This is, this is almost like at a Fallen Brothers level of, I don't want it to sound any different. Like, I don't think this track could be improved with real instruments. Like, it's just so meticulously implemented. Well, one thing but, that I didn't always realize is this is hearkening to the main theme as well. There are certain moments. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's cool about it is this is all sort of harmonized with like power chord harmony, perfect fourths and fifths and everything. Um, But what's awesome is the kind of leaps that it makes. You know, it it starts on this sort of, I guess, tonic chord and then going up a minor third and up a Mm -hmm. whole step and then up another minor third. That's the progression of the main theme. Even though it's not hearkening to the melody, that chord progression, I think, is so ingrained even subconsciously. But then there's one moment when you hear that rhythm. And and that's probably the most common part of the theme that's hearkened to in the whole series. Even if you have a piece of music that has nothing to do with it, there's going to be probably some section we hear. What's funny is that's such a useful device, I think, in game music. It's something that you hear even outside of this series. It's a way of getting to a loop point through these kind of parallel power chords. Like the dun, dun, dun. That kind of thing is is great at the end of a loop point or something like that. And yeah, I just, I love how Funahashi takes 
what's sort of implied in that main theme of the TV show, but really expands upon it. You know, I mean, this is more rocking than that theme. I mean, that that it's such a fantastic, you know, 80s TV show theme song. But what Funahashi does here, and then that soloistic section, it's so bluesy and everything. <laughs> and it's all this stuff, again, that's like kind of implied. The main theme maybe implies a little bit of bluesiness and a little bit of power chord harmony, but he sort of like takes that and runs with it. And I just think it's, this is one of the all-time classic video game tracks, in my opinion. It really is. And it's going to start us off on a really fun adventure uh, today. So pretty much all of the Ninja Turtle games were uh, published by Konami. And so part of that sound, that classic TMNT sound, is really due to those classic Konami composers. Right. Because we would hear, you know, traces of this kind of really high energy shredding rock in other Konami soundtracks. But it really seemed like once this sound was established on uh, TMNT series, they just, the floodgates were open and they yeah. were just able to let loose and, and, and just run with their imagination uh, musically. So let's play uh, one more track. Actually, no, we're going to do two more from this original NES game. It's so classic. Three total today. Let's move on to something a lot more simpler. This is a nice short and sweet piece of music. It's the Overworld from TMNT. listening to the overworld from teenage mutant ninja turtles the very first game in the series released exclusively for the nes uh technically this was before the classic arcade game which we're going to move to next so yeah almost all of these games were published by konami there were a couple eventually that would be published by other companies like activision ubisoft and then eventually even nickelodeon would publish some of these games as of late but uh yeah jun funahashi what a great composer this is a really nice change of pace it's just really fun pleasing music that this would actually fit in a lot of other video game series. This doesn't really scream Ninja Turtles. Right. The one thing about it that I think makes it fit so well with Ninja Turtles, the beginning of this melody and this piece, it utilizes the pentatonic scale, right? uh, which is sort of this universal scale system in a lot of folk music. But the way it's done here makes me think a little bit of like Chinese folk music or even Mm -hmm. Chinese classical music. And it reminds me a little bit of that old popular song Everybody was kung fu fighting, which seems like something that the Ninja Turtles would sing. You know, it seems like part, I don't know, one in one with that kind of, (laughs) like all the, I don't know, cultural references that they always make. That's awesome. I I just think this, yeah, this track sort of reminded me of that and just feels right for like, I don't know, just a, a more laid back theme for the turtles. So the sound that we heard in the title screen is definitely a sound we're going to revisit many times today, that really fun rocking sound. But there's another style that pops up a lot in this series, and it's this really kind of snarly, devious, mysterious minor key music that is just really catchy, but also just like, ooh, what is going on here? Just a lot of personality. And that's perfectly conveyed in this piece of music. It's Subterranean Cavern. This is the last track we'll play today from the original game on the NES. Let's check it out. 
very interesting piece of music. Starts off very devious and mysterious, but then eventually, you know, the the up-tempo drumbeat comes in, and and overall, it still feels like classic Ninja Turtles music. Very rocking. I love the use of the open fifth harmonies, basically power chord rock harmonies uh, between the bass and one of the pulse channels. Right. Uh, it's definitely a rock song, but it's just this really like gnarly in your face. Well, I love the way that uh, Funahashi is able to maintain the sense of idiom like that it still sound it still sounds like in the rock world this is a little bit more progressive of a sound it's like that, a score it's like a right, rock he's able score to, though yeah. yeah he's able to capture the sound of you know the subterranean cavern and mm-hmm. it's a little bit darker but he doesn't abandon that that sense of like the interesting syncopated rhythms the power chord harmony and also exactly. again another wonderful use of implementation it's pretty simple I mean most of the time you have the triangle in the second pulse channel in sort of parallel fifth harmony but yet it's really deft about how the melody has a distinct timbre and whenever the melody is pausing then he uses that same channel to have sort of a delay effect with almost like what you'd imagine one of the guitar tones doing it's very subtly done but it makes the track feel um, completely full and again it's another instance of you don't really need anything else in here and the drum part we haven't talked about the drums I love the drum sound in this first drums are great in this in this whole soundtrack Funahashi did a wonderful job creating really playable sounding drum parts you could study these and if you were in a video game cover band this is the part that you'd want to play there's really not much you need to add to it so really really great job what's kind of sad is at least on our playlist today and really we're covering a lot of the really all the big stuff I don't think Jun Funahashi comes back to the series so that's kind of unfortunate really laid the groundwork for what this could be musically uh that's delightful all right now we're going to move on to a huge one this is teenage mutant ninja turtles we're going to play a couple different versions the arcade which is the first arcade game but the nes version was called teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the arcade game <laughs> uh, but it's the same basic music so what we're going to do is we're going to start off with the arcade version and this is the the most famous theme from this game it's the stage one theme now we haven't talked about a track of the week but for me if i had to pick the entire series this might be my track of the week i think this melody is so iconic it's such a classic piece of video game music and i think out of anything today it conveys what the ninja turtles are all about i love this this is fire also known as scene one stage one from the first arcade game uh, this game was composed by mitsuhiko izumi miki higashino and kozo nakamura let's check it out I am ready to rock today. This is fire. (laughs) (laughs) Scene one, stage one from 
the very first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game composed by Izumi, Higashino, and Nakamura. This is so classic. I, I just love the groove. It's up-tempo. It's really rocking and shredding. Really great melody. Again, with that sense of deviousness, that kind of mysterious minor key quality. It really has everything going for it. Multiple callbacks to the main Ninja Turtles theme. This is just like a archetypal Ninja Turtles piece. Yeah, and I feel like we have to give credit to uh, the theme music composer Chuck yeah, Lorre, who wrote sure. the original Ninja Turtles theme song, because almost all of these tracks are kind of interpolating that theme, both in terms of the chord progression, and as Carl called out, the end of the melody, literally. Uh, that's such a great part, because that also kind of evokes maybe Chinese folk music a little bit and you know it's like we know that the Ninja Turtles kind of practice kung fu and martial arts and everything absolutely what a great track so again we haven't decided track of the week that's one to think about for sure there's a couple others later on that I think would be good contenders so we'll just have to play it by ear uh, all right let's move on now to the NES version this version is extra charming um, so we're gonna play two more tracks from this overall score but we're gonna do the rest of them from the NES version because I just find that like I said really charming now there there was some exclusive NES music that wasn't in the original arcade. I believe these uh, next two that we're going to play were in both versions, though. So let's check out Downtown, which is scene one, stage two from, in this case, it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game for the NES. You guys are listening to Downtown from TMNT 2, the arcade game, not on the arcade, on the NES. This is a port. And one reason why this, I think, is a very successful port soundtrack-wise, and last week we had our ports episode, so that's still fresh in my mind, is one of the people responsible for the original soundtrack is, is here implementing it on the NES. So Kozo Nakamura was one of the people who worked on the original arcade soundtrack. So the fact that he's also involved in this NES version, they also brought in Yasuhiko Mano uh, to work on this version as well. I think that's one reason why this version just feels so good. It feels like really comfortable NES music. A lot of the melodies I actually prefer to listen to on the NES, if I'm being honest. Right. I think that that stage one theme, there is something so iconic about uh, those arcade sounds, and so I really wanted to play that. But yeah, for this piece of music, you can't beat the NES. Well, I mean, it reminds me of what we were talking about last week with whether it was, you know, Gradius or Life Force or all those things where just the NES always sounds so good, even if it yeah. has to be more stripped down. The combination of those sounds is just a little bit more charming, I think, especially I nowadays. I imagine... 
uh, you know, when this game came out, the sounds and the, you know, the look of the arcade game was probably so impressive that the NES was definitely a, a step down. But to me, you know, given some distance and some time from it, I, I feel like the NES version almost holds up better because it's such a... I think it does. I just love the sound of the two pulses and the triangle. And yeah, it's just, it's such, it's so classic to me. And also, I, it, I don't know, it's like the right amount of simplicity where it's like, I don't know, the most charm while still being technically proficient enough to actually be kind of musical and stuff. Well, one thing that that I hear when I listen to this original arcade soundtrack is it does sound like an, an early arcade game. It feels like some of the mixing choices are definitely not ideal. Like that main brass melody in that fire track, you actually have a hard time hearing it on the arcade. So right. there's a couple of things that feel a little bit dated. Um, that they would actually improve a lot in the sound of the next arcade game that we'll get to, which is Turtles in Time. So uh, let's play one more piece of music from uh, this, technically, I guess, the second game in the series. This is called Battle of TMNT. That's at least what it's called in the arcade uh, soundtrack. I think some of these tracks have different titles for the NES version, but we'll, we'll call it that. It's also known as Scene 5, Stage 1. Let's check it out. You guys are listening to Battle of TMNT. Speaking of battles, one thing that uh, has been going through my head is, wouldn't it be a pretty epic throwdown if you had to decide who was better, the old school Konami composers or the old school Capcom composers? Like, who do you think in the overall output, who do you think would win in that battle? It's really hard to say. One thing that goes a long way with some of this music is, for example, those classic Konami drum samples, one reason why they feel really good is the nostalgia of thinking about all the all the classic soundtracks that use those samples, and every time, really, we hear those samples, it's with really good music. That's a great point, Carl. I mean, I think if I'm being honest, I would go with the Konami composers. I, I would mean, agree. My f- my favorite, uh, one of my favorite soundtracks, kind of in the rocking style, is Mega Man Two. But that's not know, the Takashi norm for Tateishi. Capcom. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think I've said before that like I am much less interested in the subsequent Mega Man soundtracks. I mean, there's obviously incredible scores that Capcom has produced, but I sort of see them as like the the big hit singles are a little bit more few and far between. Like Street yes. Fighter Two, Mega Man Two. Uh, those are just stellar masterpieces. But when it comes to just your average kind of ordinary game i think i there's like a there's a level of craft that is sort of displayed in like almost every konami title that i love yeah it's more consistent across the board yeah they have i think 
a larger number of great soundtracks. Um, and, you know, there's obviously like phenomenal Capcom soundtracks, but there's a little bit more of a spread in quality, maybe. Uh, yeah, a great track. I love that main chord progression when the melody comes in. It's kind of that classic half-step movement of going from like a minor chord and then a half-step up, like a major seven chord. Again, right. very mysterious. And that, that emotion that we get a lot today, it's this rocking track, but melodically and harmonically, there's these elements that feel more like score or things that we hear in more subdued music, but you're hearing it with this rock presentation. And it's another example of utilizing uh, musical pieces from that original main theme. Right. Again, just the yeah, da, 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 dun, dun. But here in a completely different context, that's almost like a motive to start the composition that brings us into different areas. But I find it interesting. It's like that theme song is just so iconic that all of these composers seem compelled to want to incorporate bits and pieces of it within their music without ever really just giving you a full presentation of that theme just authentically. I think it's kind of cool. Like its shadow looms over all this music, but it's never really just kind of presented in sort of a banal way it's always yeah, other than inspiring like, the I composition think it might be turtles in time where uh, like the title screen in the u.s version is literally just a recording of that theme but it's only for like 20 seconds uh right. so yeah we're not playing that today we're just playing their take on it uh really excited to move on to this this is interesting i wasn't familiar with this soundtrack this is uh, a game boy game called teenage mutant ninja turtles fall of the foot clan and chronologically this was the next game released it was composed by tomoko nishi Kawa, as well as Michiro Yamani. Very interesting to hear uh, an early Yamani soundtrack that is a very different style than uh, what she was known for. This is a pretty progressive um, score here. A lot of really interesting experimental choices, pretty shredding. Uh, Very interesting uh, in the context of this whole series. Let's take a listen to Stage 3 Highway from Fall of the Foot Clan. to unpack in this piece of music this is stage three highway composed by nishikawa and yamane for the game boy um and so one thing that i find very fascinating about this is the overall energy of this feels like oh yeah this is classic ninja turtles there's a lot of specific compositional choices that are very bold and and surprising first of all a lot of really surprising non-diatonic chords that are moved to in, in ways that you're just not expecting and also these these really fast riffs or these fast runs using surprising scales whether it's whole tone scales or chromatic scales just a lot of really interesting choices that sometimes don't always sound that pleasing but when they're happening at this blistering pace it kind of works yeah absolutely it's yeah i I completely agree with what you're saying where there's aspects of this track that feel reminiscent of some of the earlier games in the series but Mm -hmm. it's like heightened with this really amped up aggressive sort of 
energy. And I find it ironic because I imagine that the game, that on yeah, the game, the game has to have a little bit more slow pace action. I mean, just due to the limitations of well, everything we've heard today hardware. sounds way better than this technically. So it's funny that the most, maybe the most progressive track of the day so far is with this very primitive sound. It's really cool though. This is this is a track that I would love to hear done in like a cover band because it's so shredding and it yeah, would be like very metal. technically impressive. Carl, you Absolutely. know, for the Marcado band, I feel like we really need to integrate some TMNT music. For there's sure. two. There's two for sure that I would that I would love to choose between, and we actually will be get to, getting to them quite soon. So we'll talk about it. All right, guys, we're gonna move to my personal favorite soundtrack of the whole series. This is Turtles in Time. Uh, two titles. The original arcade game was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles in Time, and the SNES port was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4 Turtles in Time. So officially, not sure if you'd consider this the fourth game or not. Uh, so the original was composed by Mitsuhiko Izumi, and that composer was also involved in the SNES port, as well as uh, Kazuhiko Uehara and Harumi Oeko were also brought in to help with that as well. We'll start things off with Big Apple 3AM. Now this is the same arrangement that we heard playing in that version on the Genesis, was called Turtle Swing, so some people refer to this as that. Um, but this, for my money, you can't beat this on the SNES. I think there's certain tracks uh, in the score that sound really comfortable and just really, it comes across what they're going for uh, best on the SNES. So let's start off with the SNES version of Big Apple 3AM. Will, would you say you got your fill of the orchestra hit on that particular track? <laughs> no, I, I never get enough SNES Need orchestra more hit. hit. You know, speaking of that, I will say the Hyperstone Heist on the Genesis featured orchestra hit. I don't know how they did that. That's right. one of the well, rare they, they do Genesis have that, cases. that PCM sample channel. The DAC, so I imagine yeah, that's it was, true. It was almost kind of like uh, the way that they would use drum samples, or kind of like on the NES, you know, the yeah, the sunset. But you don't hear that. You don't like. We even talked about last week. Yeah, because we were talking about with Sunset Riders that they didn't use the orchestra hit, but uh, yeah, there are Genesis games that do utilized pitch samples, but I think it's just a little bit harder to implement. Now, well, if you had to pick again, this reminds me of last week. If you had to pick uh, your preferred version of Turtles in Time, is it SNES or is it arcade? Uh, definitely Super Nintendo. Uh, oh wow! Okay. I, I mean, it's it's just so classic. Uh, the the sound. I, I mean, this is one of the few rock centric scores that I definitely prefer on the Super Nintendo. Okay. I think there's a level of kind of like cheesiness to it, but that makes me think of the television series. I mean, there's sort right. of like a synthy quality to it. Yeah, this particular track is definitely better on the Super Nintendo. Uh, and so for me, my opinion is that overall, I prefer the arcade version i think it just is really biting and, and just 
it's more rocking in some ways, but there are certain tracks that for whatever reason, the arrangement, they just did a better job on the Super Nintendo. This is one of them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just probably a nostalgia thing more than anything else, but I mean, that I feel like that's a huge part of in order to examine the Ninja Turtles just as an idea and as the show and the comics and the movies, it's like... You can't remove the nostalgia element from it, I think. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to another rocker. And one thing I wanted to mention again about this, the sound of this series, especially in Turtles in Time, there's such a strong influence of the blues, and particularly the blues scale. So you hear a lot of these blues runs. Uh, but again, there's this sense of like over-the-top cartooniness to this that you wouldn't get in actual blues music. Right. And, you know, one great example of that is that heavy use of the orchestra hit. In this track, you have this kind of silly-sounding guitar sample that I think is actually trying to convey... Uh, a sense of humor because this is a really funny series uh, with a lot of comedy so I think this is a perfect representation of that this is Alley Cat Blues You guys are listening to Alley Cat Blues from Turtles in Time. This is the SNES port, which was worked on by Mitsuhiko Izumi, Kazuhiko Uhara, Uehara, and Harumi Oeko. This would be a fun one maybe to do in the band. Just, I really want to use that orchestra hit sample live. That would be <laughs> fun. <laughs> It's oh, very silly. Great. Yeah, this oh, this will always, I think, remind me of, was it last year at VGM Con? Uh, yeah, I was our, just going to say Austin. that. Yeah, he had a really Austin cool thing. He played line. through the entire game while someone was playing it on the SNES, and he basically just was covering it with an gu- electric guitar. So it's basically just the sound of the SNES with his electric guitar on top real time is it was pretty but cool yeah he, I mean, he wasn't just like he wasn't just playing the score he was actually responding to what was happening in the music so if someone would die he would He'd play everything over. at the right time and it, it was it was kind of amazing to see i've always kind of wanted to do that for like a mario game because i know all mm-hmm. that music on piano so well that would be fun so we are skipping a couple titles obscure titles one of the one of the things that I remember when I was a kid is as I had I can't remember which one it was, but in the early nineties they released a few handheld turtle games you know those were basically these things where it was just this physical uh, it wasn't any console it was just like this handheld little toy that you bought and it came with that little game um and so there were a couple of those that were released uh also some other obscure titles that we're not playing so we're skipping some stuff this original arcade game came out in 91 and the snes port is 92 so all right we've been introduced to the snes sound we're gonna play two more tracks from turtles in time and both of these are 
picks for me for track of the week, actually. So we'll see if Will would agree. We're going to go to the arcade version now. Uh, we have to do that here. Uh, this game, this original arcade soundtrack, like I said, was composed by Mitsuhiko Izumi. Also, there's another person credited, which I didn't mention before, Kozo Nakamura, who was involved in uh, the first arcade game as well. Let's check out an absolute classic, Sewer Surfin'. So good. Well, what do you say? I mean, it's just got to be track of the week, right? Oh, yeah. Of course. How can it not? Sewer Surfing's classic. Oh, my God. Sewer Surfing. I love this arcade version. The SNES version just doesn't have the same level of over-the-top fun. It's something about this arcade version with the slap bass and the snarly brass. That FM sound is just the perfect thing to convey this sense of 80s, 90s rock fun. Yeah, this would be a really fun one to do in our band because you know, be we have real us. electric bass and drums. And, and you don't really need guitar for this one. It's more synth-driven. Yeah. You could have some fun orchestra hit samples. So this is a great track to talk about the style here. So again, very heavy emphasis on the blues, but it's this pop, almost show tune sound that is also being conveyed it's just this great combination that only happens in video games yeah completely oh man i love this track i love all the elements of it the energy the it's a perfect timbers, the mix of synth with the kind of 80s drum sound in the orchestra hits the really beautiful harmonic language that's so old school and wondrous it's just i don't know there's like a there's a sound of innocence with the harmonies in old you know 80s and 90s pop music that i really miss oh my god yeah it's just unmistakable it brings you back to that time even if you didn't grow up in that time like for you will it's like it still brings you back to a time that you didn't really even know one of my favorite things about this track in the beginning it's pretty simple but there's this moment when the drums and the bass and some of the other men's other instruments are only hitting on the two and the four and dun 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 it's just a really great way to build up to that once that main backbeat comes in it just feels so good everything opens up yeah absolutely you know what's interesting when on a if you take a chord sort of structure analysis of a track like this it's very reminiscent of a lot of pop music like we said from the 80s and 90s but when you compare that to a pop song of today there's almost no similarities most pop music today Mm -hmm. has a very diatonic keyboard centered approach to the chord progression almost every chord functions within a given key and there are very few chromatic touches but when you look at a lot of pop music from this era it's very 
it's very much guitar centric, which means mm-hmm. that it can be a simple song and a simple melody, but few of the chords function within the same key. You'll have one flat six, flat three, four, you know, like flat <laughs> right. seven. Like it's all these chords that they're not in a single key. It's more but of a jazz like, approach. Well, and also like guitar centric, because with guitar, mm-hmm. you know, you can just it's it's much easier to just play chords and not think about how they relate to each other you're just listening to the sounds right. so you know you might be playing an a major chord and then you're playing a c major chord and then you're, you're just playing sliding F, around and then you're the playing d yeah. yeah exactly and it's not necessarily thinking about it in terms of you know flat six flat seven any of that you're just kind of the listening sound. to the sounds of the harmony and i really miss that influence in pop music because there's like a i don't know there's a sense of innocence in in wonder to those harmonic implications that remind me of, you know, like the Beatles or remind me of a, kind of a history of, I don't know, American pop music that I really love. Yeah. And one thing that's interesting, so we're, so this is the last track we'll play today from Turtles in Time. So we're playing a total of four. And the first two were these rockers, these blues rockers. And it was funny that we went to the SNES for those. But then the second two, which are much more synth driven, uh, it's cool that we go to the arcade. So um, yeah, definitely a little bit of diversity on this soundtrack, um, a little bit more than I really realized. This is Neon Night Riders. The last track we'll play today from Turtles in Time. Neon Night Riders. You guys are listening to Neon Night Riders, a really cool track, very jazzy, funky, synthy. A uh, nice change of pace, really, for the entire series. Not a lot of other uh, pieces of music that go in this direction. Once again, the original composers here, uh, Mitsuhiko Uizumi, as well as Kozo Nakamura. Gotta give Nakamura credit as well. Uh, yeah, I, I always love this track. It's something about hearing the start of it with that really funny. Neon Night Riders, you know, compressed yeah. <laughs> voice. It just really puts you in the right state of mind for this. This is just right. a blast. This track always reminded me of like an old Sega game. I can't explain yeah, it, but it, it's it has that style. sort of sound where it's sort of quasi jazz, you know, maybe a little bit jazz fusion rock. Just kind of this larger than life, like starlit, like cityscape. Yeah, absolutely. Nighttime. A very dreamy kind of wistful piece. Um, it's one of my favorite kind of emotions that this era of video games uh, usually convey quite a bit. You know, even if you think about a lot of these stages take place at night, you know, this game started off at 3 a.m. in New York and. Um, yeah, this just there's this is the the sound that you want at night. You want nighttime to feel and sound like this. Yeah, oh, how man. fun! That baseline is so funky and awesome. I just love how present it is. And that timbre sounds you know pretty yeah. good on the SNES, but it'd be like a insanely technical part to actually play. Carl and I were it'd joking really like hard. if we covered this in the Mercado band, I, I think, think he would Marty have to do quit. synth bass. He'd have to do synth bass or something <laughs> yeah. for it. 
Um, yeah, what a fun track. A killer bass line. Yeah, definitely got to give props to that. That bass line is the star of that one. All right, let's move back to the Game Boy for another obscure game. This is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Back from the Sewers. And this is a really interesting piece of music. Uh, I, I don't know what it is about these Game Boy titles, but... They feel like they make sense in the context of the series, but definitely going to new places musically, in my opinion. This was composed by Yuko Kurahashi, as well as Tsuyoshi Sekido. So definitely not composers that we hear any any other time today. Let's check out Dead End Act 5-1. cool you guys are listening to dead end from back from the sewers for the game boy uh one really awesome and inventive thing that i've never heard on a game boy track before at least for an actual video game is that that wave channel bass has a very particular setting that was chosen because it has some nice beefy low end but one of the response lines they purposely switch the setting to basically it's the same sound but it doesn't have that low end And it sounds like it's this effect, like in a techno song, when there's this filter on it and they get rid of all the low end and then they bring it back. And you're able to get that effect just by changing instruments on the wave setting. How cool is that? Yeah, I don't know how they did that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, this is an insanely awesome track. I mean, there's a lot of different, like, settings, uh, and and every single setting, like, has a different level of bass. So I think they just were switching back between two. But, yeah, just really shredding proggy stuff here right yeah oh my gosh this is such a great composition i mean it's a really tight piece musically all the ideas are very focused and interesting there's a lot of rhythmic interest uh you know something that i think is a commonality through all the music we've played today really intricate drum parts and rhythm section groove ideas and i think there's a reason yeah there's such a reason why so much of the teenage mutant ninja turtles game music is popular for video game music cover bands like do a barrel roll does a bunch of this stuff and i don't think it's just because they grew up with it i think it. it's because it's, it's ready made <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's very juicy and interesting for a musician um and i think maybe one of the reasons we overlooked it is it's not populated by these really catchy distinct memorable tunes necessarily in the way that some other video game series might have but the musicianship here is just so staggering and there's so much interest in every one of these titles really high energy yeah such a clear thought uh and such a clear intention to make this this band sound you know even if it is on the game boy it doesn't matter what system there's a band here and everything is interacting and performing with each other and there's not really another series of video games that i can think of that across the board has so much music that's ready to go for a band um you know like there's really not a lot of work you would need to do if you were trying to perform this music you basically have to listen to the parts and just play them yeah Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy all right 
uh, we're going to actually go back to the NES again. This is getting pretty late in our playlist, so it's kind of crazy to think that we're still in this 8-bit world here. Um, but really, our playlist uh, after the, I guess, 8 and 16-bit era, there's really not a lot of other things to really talk about. You know, there were a couple other titles that were released and some more modern stuff, which we are going to touch on a little bit of that modern stuff. Um, But really, this series is all about the 8 and 16-bit era. So the same year that Turtles in Time was released, 1991, uh, there was a game, an exclusive game for the NES, which came out, which was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project, which has an awesome score. Uh, And this was composed by Yuichi Sakakura, Tomoya Tomita, who is known uh, more recently for his work for like the Yoshi and the Wario series, uh, as well as Kozo Nakamura, who uh, Nakamura seems to be the staple uh, of the TMNT series. An awesome NES score featuring one of my favorite stage themes. This is what we're going to start with. It's scene one, or also known as stage one, just a classic from The Manhattan Project. So good. Will, can you say what what you were mentioning when we were faded down here about the NES? I just think you can't beat the NES. It's the absolute greatest sound for video game music, in my opinion. I mean, we we talked about it at great lengths last week, but ever since that episode, I've been really kind of ruminating on the idea of, you know, the various forms and presentations that exist for video game music and kind of how cool it is that it's so non-uniform. But honestly, to me, just whenever I listen to music on the NES, it just it works in a way that nothing else does and maybe you could say it's nostalgia but I also didn't grow up with the NES you know I was born in 95 you guys never owned an NES I mean I played some ROMs when I was a kid but it wasn't until I started getting a little older when I actually bought an NES and started really getting into retro game collecting and everything but I, I don't know. I just, I love the timbres. I love the sounds. I love the clarity of the writing with the three mm-hmm. voice texture and everything. I think there's a specific reason why it is that way. And I think a lot of people agree with you. It's almost like listening to NES music. It's like you're looking through like a Viewmaster. You're looking at this specific this little thing that's very limited but if you can enjoy the music in that setting it's taking care of everything for you it's setting up the fact that you need to use your imagination in this one way but in this world all the ingredients are there and it's almost 
all the distractions almost float away. Right. You're just left with this really potent musical material. Well, and it really does have everything that you would need, I think, musically. It has enough timbral differences to create interesting sounding arrangements. It has enough voices that you can create intricate parts. You know, it's like it's limited, but limited in a way that I really think is evokes good thing, creativity. Yeah. It's not limited in a way where it's kind of like you just have to accept really crappy sound. Like I think it's yeah. a really pleasing palette. So obviously went off a little bit on a, a tangent there, but I'm glad we talked about that. Not to not to discredit this. I, this is one of my favorite stage themes of the whole series. Yeah. It's very progressive and there's a lot of interesting modulation and it, it, it's a little bit more wandering than you might expect, um, but really good use of the pitch control on the NES. Right. It's falling at certain times and ascending at certain times to convey really a guitar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, and then there's that one section that's just classic old school video game music that which almost sounds like the Capcom logo, that kind of a right. ascending shimmering sound. Yeah, there's just really classic. cool stuff here in this piece. We've talked a lot about the kind of parallel fourth and fifth power chord harmony, but something happens here, which is you could consider it a type of parallel fourth and fifth it's parallel tritones which a tritone is an augmented fourth or a diminished fifth it's sort of this interval that breaks apart the octave evenly and it's often used to evoke evil um, because it's so kind of unstable and it kind of subverts tonality and everything but mm-hmm. it's basically the principal chord construction of this song and da 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 it's really sort of dissonant sounding um, it's, but it's also really progressive because it's happening over the this bass ostinato that is sort of consistent so it's not used to feel like evil necessarily oh well if that wasn't maybe this next track will this is very shredding we got to keep the rock energy going here this is <laughs> no scene pun intended six. right <laughs> it actually wasn't intended this is scene six boss shredder Quite fitting that arguably the most shredding track of the day is the theme for Shredder from Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project, composed by Sakakura, Tomita, and Nakamura. Uh, I always like to think that Tomoyo Tomita's, uh, you know, involvement in this was why this soundtrack has a very unique style to it, but it could have also been uh, Yuichi Sakakura. Those two composers were uh, not really scoring any any other games in the series. Like I said, that Kozo Nakamura, uh, that was a composer that had done a lot of work in the series. So something about these other two composers adding here, bringing a different style. Uh, yeah, at this point in the today's episode and playlist, you can really hear what the Ninja Turtles sound is. Uh, again, it's very high energy, up tempo, a lot of shredding and things that feel like there's a lot of soloing and impro- improv happening. Right. Shredding for shredder. That's what this track <laughs> should be called. But also just there's there is a lot of thought put into the to the composition and sometimes that is really impressive because they're taking you into these places that 
are very surprising and sometimes very dissonant. Like this, this, the goal of this music isn't always to make you feel really warm and fuzzy, but it also really amps you up. I mean, it's yeah. it's still centered around a really kind of catchy groove-based idea, even yeah. if it is a little experimental. I mean, those are well, sort that's of the, the way earmarks in, you know? of yeah, that's the earmarks of prog rock. I want to say another thing about the NES. I think I enjoy the sound of progressive rock on the NES more than actual progressive rock. Like hmm. there's like a cuteness to it that kind of reigns in all of the elements to it where it's like, no matter how experimental things are getting, it still has this charm to it. Well, and I think that we think it's the limitation. Well, I think we've discovered that before we've talked for years about if there was some sort of professional like quote-unquote perfect version of let's say like the silver surfer music uh with a real band i think we would still prefer the nes arrangement of that there is something really potent about those sounds right and i think there's a part of the music that we we marvel at that it's able to exist on the limited platform like i think that's why there's still the demo scene people still create music and and visual demos for like the commodore 64 because there's a part of it it's like look what i can do you know right it's like macgyver in a way you know here's a toothpick and a rubber band and some tweezers and look what i can do with it you know well this next track this is the last track we're going to play from turtles 3 manhattan project this is like a love child of the first two pieces of scene one and the scene six boss it's a lot more i guess up tempo and shredding than the stage one theme was but a little bit more fun and happy than that boss theme was let's check out scene seven part one hidden gem at least for me i actually had never heard this track before i must not have listened to this particular uh section of the soundtrack for whatever reason but this is really cool great melody definitely some interesting chord choices doesn't really remind me of a lot of the other musical moments in the series but you know there's enough times when they're able to to have that power chord harmony and you know right. uh that rocking rhythm so it it feels like classic ninja turtles but definitely going into some directions that we haven't heard so far totally god it's so cool i love the drum sound i i love again yeah we're hearing a lot of sort of portamento pitch effects where notes sort of slide they scoop up or scoop down that's a really fun sound and there you know what's amazing to me is that there really is a consistent sound across all of these titles that i think goes back to the main theme i think it's it all comes from that very last <laughs> part of the melody, Heroes in a Half Shell, where you have yeah. these parallel fifth harmonies that are, it's like, <laughs> Without know, that kernel, would we have any of this music? That's a great question. Yeah, that's almost like the the kernel or, or nugget that sparked all of this music. And then just and- a lot of the pop music from that decade that I think inspired a lot of video game music. But I think the Ninja Turtles, 
they're almost like Sonic the Hedgehog, where they're so married to a given decade. Like, Sonic is the 90s, unmistakably. When you take him out of there, he almost doesn't resonate in the same way. He's, I don't think he's, like, as universal as, like, Mario or something. And I feel right. the same way about the Ninja Turtles, where it's, like, every movie, everything that they've done since the 80s and 90s is just trying to, like, bank off of the nostalgia of that right. era. Because that's what they're that. about, you know? The Ninja Turtles were always making these, like, pop culture references. Well, I and- think it's very important to think about the specific uh, emotions that the character and the writing of the, the show and the movie have to the music. Because if it wasn't for those characters and the fact that they're they're cool, they're teenagers, they're very funny, they're good fighters, uh, all of that emotion energy is conveyed in this music and if it wasn't for that i don't think we would have this exact combination there's something so special about ninja turtles video game music and uh these composers are able to go off in these progressive uh shredding places that would be inappropriate for a lot of video game music but they're also having to to rein it in to still make it fun to still make it oddly catchy because that is what fits these characters as well and so i think you know the unique vibe and emotion that the characters have really inform this music I think that's a great point, Carl, and I'm I'm actually really glad that we're doing this episode now as opposed to early on in the podcast because I don't think we would have maybe appreciated this music as much as we are able to now because I think in the early days of the podcast even though we loved video game music, I feel like what we really appreciated and wanted to celebrate about it was kind of like the hidden musicality underneath all of the limitations and like Mm. the quality of the melodies and the fact that, you know, these are kind of beautiful songs that are encased in this cruddy sound. But when I think of Ninja Turtles, I... I don't know. I don't think of it in the same way. I don't feel like this is music that is you know oh it's these great tunes that you could take outside of the game and make even better it's almost like they're performance pieces in a way where it's it's not about you know one melody line being strong it's really the whole arrangement you you know it's it's yeah there's that old expression the where like the whole is more than the sum of its parts but i feel like this is an example where the whole is the sum of its parts and all of the little elements come together to make it great it's not just banking on a really strong kind of surface element or a really strong subsurface element it's like every single piece of it makes it so catchy makes it groove makes it rock you know about that 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 band interaction yeah i completely agree uh let's play one more track from teenage mutant ninja turtles the hyperstone heist for the genesis uh it's really cool that this soundtrack exists because the genesis is in some ways very at home for this style of music this game was worked on by masahiro Ikariko, as well as Yu Takamine. And again, most of this music is uh, really based on Turtles in Time. Let's take a listen to The Gauntlet.
this is really impressive for the Genesis. Oh my god, you guys are listening to the Gauntlet from the Hyperstone Heist. This was composed by, uh, or at least worked on, uh, by Ikariko and Takamine. I don't understand how they did that orchestra hit, because it's happening at the same time as the snare sample. So unless there was a sample that had orchestra hit and snare at the same time, I'm not sure how they did that. Also, that really low kind of baritone guitar, that didn't even sound like FM. I, this is very impressive. Yeah, I agree. It's just awesome, and the composition is so strong. Just a great track, too. Yeah, absolutely. This has a very decidedly arcade style, and maybe that's a huge part of this music. So much of it is ported from arcade games. And I, and we've talked before about how a lot of arcade music differs from music that was written for home consoles. I don't know why, but so much of it tends to be a little bit less uh, melody-centered, right. probably because maybe there were fewer limitations and the composers were able to really kind of expound. Yeah, well, that's a great point. The arcade VGM tradition is very different than the console tradition. It's really more about the vibe. It's about um, conveying this sense of rock or funk or whatever the genre is for that game. Something that feels good in the background. A lot of times you're not even really able to hear the melody over the loud sound effects. Right. But you are able to feel that groove. Right. Um, and so it's more more vibe-based. Hey, Carl, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a, a sort of melodic idea in this track. It's so classic. But it actually really reminds me of one of the themes from the Jun Funahashi NES Ninja Turtles game. The one that goes... That kind of bluesy sound you were calling out earlier. We didn't actually play that track today, but that sound of the blues scale and the kind of shreddy guitar-centric blues really pervades all of this music as well as the kind of power chord 80s harmony. Right. Looking at this playlist, one thing that, you know, we're actually playing a lot of tracks today, but one thing I wish we had more time for is to play more actual arcade uh, music. It looks like we only played three uh, tracks from the arcade. Uh, so that would be something that in the future I would like I would like to do more of. But really, a lot of times the console ports ended up sounding better or feeling better in, in a weird way. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to not the best game or score. This is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. Uh, really, there's only like one, maybe two tracks that I would really ever consider playing. There's a lot of kind of dumb throwaway stuff here, but we're going to play this. This is really cool. This is called Safe Cracker, and this game was composed by Kazuhiko Uehara, Hideto Inoue, and Harume Oweko. I believe this is kind of like a Street Fighter-esque fighting game uh, starring the Turtles. Let's check out Safe Cracker for the SNES. You guys are listening to Safe Cracker 
That is metal. That's just like speed metal. Shredding. Oh my god. This is from Tournament Fighters. This is the SNES version. Uh, yeah, compositionally very strong. It, it's just blistering. The, t the implementation is a little bit struggling, I think. Yeah, I mean, this is prog. I mean, in terms of the composition, I'm very much reminded of Tim Fallon. Uh, the yeah. kind of harmonies, the crazy intricate shredding lines, the interesting meter feels, and the changes in groove, and oh man, it's just awesome. But yeah, it feels like the SNES is struggling to keep up. I think really shredding music on the Super Nintendo can be difficult, because oftentimes the use of the sampler gives everything kind of a squishy sound and not a lot of precision in the way that maybe an FM synthesis chip would. Um, so this is an example of a track I would love to hear a cover of this in like an actual metal band. I mean, because yeah. the music is so strong and it's really progressive and cool. You know, there is a Genesis version of the soundtrack, so um, it would be cool to do like a back and forth comparison and see which which one feels better. Yeah, it's we almost like done we that should do a, It's almost like we should do a ports episode where we compare Super Nintendo and Genesis. That would be really cool. Maybe we should get on that. <laughs> it's a it's a good idea. It's a solid idea. Though. <laughs> All right, uh, last track of the day, other than the play out here. We're, we're moving into the modern era, skipping ahead a lot to the modern era. There were quite a few modern TMNT games released. Uh, this is one of them. It came out for the PS2. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Battle Nexus. You know, judging by this playlist, this clearly isn't the second game. This is like the eighth game, right? So it should be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 8. Um, Masanori Akita and Yuichi... Tsuchiya were the composers for this. Um, yeah, nothing to necessarily write home about. Not an amazing score, but there's some cool moments. And it's interesting to see how composers were to approach this series in this era. Let's check out Peblack Alley. funky yeah a change in genre from what we're expecting today less emphasis on rock more on funk here um pretty interesting this is peb black or p black alley from ninja turtles 2 battle nexus this is for the ps2 i'm not sure about this game if it's any good yeah, the only the only through line is the kind of blues sound i mean that reminds That's me true. a little bit of ninja turtles i think this is a cool track i like the funk influence and the arrangement is really awesome i mean it's yeah. like this kind of funk big band sound um yeah, I mean, I guess I think the implementation doesn't really hold up anymore. I Isn't mean, it's kind of has some general MIDI sounds. Honestly, I know it's funny because we've been playing all this old 80s NES arcade music, but I'm able to separate that because it's it's so far away from the sound of real instruments where this <laughs> right. is a little bit closer to that uncanny valley peak, you know? So That's so hilarious, thinking of all the 
you know, objectively crappy sounds that we heard today and coming into the one piece of music that has, I guess, better sounds and we're like, oh, I don't know if it holds up. Um, part of that also has to do with the composition uh, as well. But yeah, interesting. Um, so what we're going to play you guys out with is a track that was composed by Jake Vert Kaufman, actually. He worked on this game that came out fairly recently for the Xbox 360. It was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Danger of the Ooze. And I think that was one that was published by Nickelodeon. There was some sort of video game um, subsidiary. This is Warehouse. Really interesting. It's going to be a nice way to, to send you guys on your way. Again, very different than the sound that we expect in this series. I don't know about you, Will, but I had an absolute blast today. Dude, me too. I mean, gosh, you just can't beat the Ninja Turtles when it comes to fun retro nostalgia and to me that's what a video game music podcast should be about (laughs) you know it's crazy it took us so long to do this episode but it's fun to me that you know six and a half years deep into doing our show we can still have huge flagship episodes like this populated by such incredible music yeah like episodes that honestly could have been episode six you know like it's that big (laughs) and it's episode i don't even know 330 something something crazy like that um yeah this is an absolute blast i gotta say cowabunga yeah cowabunga dude cowabunga indeed to you and yours to everyone listening cowabunga um we're gonna like may all your pizzas never have anchovies (laughs) on them and now it's time for a pizza party um we're gonna play you guys out with warehouse thank you so much to all of our lovely patrons for your continued support thanks to all the nice itunes reviews and everyone who's been rating on that um thanks to all the nice emails and all the amazing picks we've gotten for listener show and tell so i believe yeah. if i'm not mistaken uh the the cutoff if you guys are listening to this episode when it is released the cutoff for that is going to be tomorrow uh tuesday so if you're listening to this on on the first day of release you have a little bit more time to get those picks in and what we're going to do this time is we're actually going to rate all of the picks because we've gotten far more already than we can play uh we're going to rate all of them and kind of pick our favorites uh so that's going to be how we'll approach this time the last time we did a listener show and tell episode it was just sort of first come first serve and i know a yeah, lot like of the first 19 felt- Right. A lot of people felt frustrated that, you know, maybe they they're not on our Facebook page and so they didn't see our announcement. And so they were frustrated they couldn't get tracks on. We want to give everyone a fair shake. And I think our idea is to maybe do these episodes more frequently so that all of you get a chance to have your input in. The other thing that I would say is if you've suggested a track in the past for a previous listener show and tell and we haven't done it yet feel free to do that because like we said in the past it's not like we were ignoring anything because of quality we just wanted to be completely hands-off fair first come first serve but this time we're going to be doing something a little different so feel free to share tracks that you've done in the past and we're just excited to see what we get it's kind of crazy every day we get so many submissions on all these different platforms it's a little overwhelming well it's also crazy it's interesting to to think of that our base is definitely growing you know year by year because we just had a listener show and tell in the spring and we're having another one we're getting flooded again uh with awesome picks and so it just goes to show that you guys just have such great taste and so much great enthusiasm for for video game music well and carl i don't know 
know about you, but it also makes me smile how much of the music is retro, how much of it yeah. is classic video game music, because you'd think by this point in our show, we would have sort of exhausted every corridor <laughs> when it comes right. to that stuff. So I'm just so excited to find new great music. All right, we're going to play you out with Warehouse from Danger of the Ooze, Kawabunga, and my name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.